Welcome, Bridge family. I'm so delighted that you've joined us today for our virtual worship service. So um, just I want you to sit back and I want you to tune in to Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20 this morning. Um, all I ask is that you don't go to sleep, okay? Let's have a look. Marcus Halavi is a prize-winning photojournalist. And once, uh, while he was on assignment with the Lawrence Eagle Tribune, he was uh, requested to take pictures of a coastal storm uh, on the Massachusetts coastline. It was said that the tides were up to 60 feet high at times. While he was taking pictures in the storm, he noticed that there's a woman standing um, on an embankment about 50 feet away. He snapped a picture of her while she was standing in the storm. Then just after he snapped the picture, a huge wave crashed into the embankment, causing her to fall into the water below. She was surprised, and she was lying on her back, and she, she had her arm outstretched for help. Halavi decided, I think I could do something. But then he noticed that there were two other men just down the way, maybe only a hundred feet. One of them was a lifeguard. When the men arrived to help, Halavi took another picture. He, he took a picture of them attempting to rescue the woman who was lying on her back. But just before they could grab her hand, another wave came crashing over them, and it was about 20 feet tall. The two men pulled back. The waves crashed against the shore, and the woman was gone. Olive took another picture. Three hours later, her body washed up to shore. This photo shoot has become a classic case study for photojournalism ethics. One photographer was so busy taking pictures that he failed to get involved in someone's life who needed rescue from death. You know, it's easy for us to be so busy or so focused on the here and the now, especially during COVID, we miss getting involved with other people's lives when they need rescued. Who in your life needs rescued from death? Rescued from a spiritual death. Who in your life could use someone to throw them a life preserver? Today we're going to talk about mission focus. We have a mission, and it's a mission to rescue people, to rescue them from death, a spiritual death. Let's look at our passage. I want to read it uh, for us. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 28, beginning at verse 18. And the scriptures read, then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age." 
First of all, we can see from this passage that our mission is radical. When you think about it, God wants us to turn our world upside down for Christ. God wants us to turn irreligious people into Christ followers. So let's look at this together. First in verses 18 and 19, we are sent by Jesus. Jesus met with his his disciples after the resurrection. He told them to go into Galilee and there he would come and meet them. And that's the occasion here. Uh, It's right after the resurrection. It's before he ascended back into heaven. Uh, He announced here that God the Father had given him authority. Uh, in, in, In verse 18, let's look at verse 18. He came to them. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And so uh, the Father has given the Son authority, all authority in heaven, uh, on earth. All authority has been given to the Son, to Jesus Christ our Lord. And he says in verse 19, therefore, go. Go and make disciples of all nations. Jesus instructed his followers to go. He sent them out. And um, to go here, the, 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 uh, the original Greek parsable has the force of a command. It could be translated as you go, when you go, since you, go, since you are going, or while you are going, then to make disciples. So Jesus is sending his followers with his authority to make disciples. His authority moves back the darkness. And then we also see in this passage that this uh, disciple making includes not only to go, but to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So this is a part of making disciples. They must be baptized. It's like the first step of obedience for a new Christ follower. To be baptized is not to be saved, but it's to take that step of obedience in following. Verse 19, also the focus on we are to make disciples. It's of all nations, all nations, all people. Um, Go, Make disciples of all nations. Um, This is to be a worldwide movement. That's one of the reasons why we have global missions today. Uh, This is our mission locally here and and globally uh, throughout our world. When you think about making disciples, what is a disciple? The first thing we can say is that a disciple is a learner. A disciple is not just a Christian concept, although Jesus used it. A disciple is about a relationship between uh, a teacher and a, and a student. Uh, there were Jewish rabbis, and they had disciples. And there were Greek philosophers, and they had disciples. So it was a common uh, uh, term used um, in Jesus' day. But Jesus used it, and when he used it, he had a specific thing in mind. A disciple is a follower of Christ. 
Uh, Jesus was talking about people who adhered to his teaching and followed him. The original 12 disciples had been handpicked by Jesus and they followed him and literally they followed him from town to town. And wherever he went, they went. Jesus had something more in mind than just walking around behind the teacher. Uh, What Jesus wanted his followers to do was to follow his instructions, to follow his teachings, literally to obey his commands. And that's radical, isn't it? When it comes to disciple making, we have a twofold job. And we see that in verses 19 and 20. It starts with what we call evangelism. Evangelism is about sharing good news or the gospel of Christ. Um, Evangel is a root word here, and it means good news. To make a disciple, uh, it requires that Christ followers communicate and uh, help people understand certain things. For example, the scriptures reveal that uh, humans are created in the image of God, and we have much freedom. We have a free will to choose to make choices of right or wrong. And um, we have a sin nature passed on to us from our parents, uh, the very first parents, Adam and Eve, because of the choices they made. And this, this, uh, capacity to sin has been handed down through all generations uh, through our families. The bad news is there are consequences for sin. And it's hard to understand good news until we are clear on what the bad news is. There are consequences for sin. It's not just a physical death, but there is a spiritual death for the wages of sin is death. It's about being separated from God for an eternity. It's about suffering eternal punishment. Um, Jesus called it hell. Evangelism is about telling people about the good news that we have. We don't have to pay for our own sin penalty. Uh, Someone else has stepped up for us on our behalf. The good news is, is that God sent his son Jesus to come to this earth to die on the cross for our sins. And that's hard for our culture to understand today. The sin penalty is already paid for by Jesus, paid in full. Now, anyone can be saved from the penalty of their own sin by accepting this good news, by placing their faith in Jesus Christ. But those are some hard concepts for our culture to understand. And it takes time to communicate. And it takes time to build relationships with people who do not know Jesus yet. The second part of making disciples is what we call discipleship. Discipleship is teaching obedience to Christ. Teaching them to obey. Not just to become smarter sinners. It's just not getting more and more knowledge. But it's about putting what Jesus said into practice. It's about living by faith. We've sometimes used a scale to help us um, 
with our own personal growth at, to look at, to help us evaluate our own personal growth as a, as a Christ follower. Um, so if we look at the scale and we go back, we go back all, all the way to one, uh, consider that one might be a brand new follower of Christ who knows very little information about what it means to be a Christian. And a 10, what might be someone who is spiritually mature and fully devoted to Christ. And the question we often ask is, where do you see yourself in, on this scale of 1 to 10? Um, what progress are you making? Are you moving more and more toward maturity and full devotion to Christ? Are you at this very same place that you were a year ago or two years ago? Um, it's not uncommon to have a brand new believer right away down here with the information they have about Christ. And it's quite possible that somebody can grow very quickly with knowledge and understanding and putting God's word into practice. But sadly, so often we find people who come to faith in Christ and they, they grow okay for, for a while, and then they just, they kind of reach a point, and they just kind of stop growing as Christ followers. Where would you rate yourself? Now, this can be a good question to talk about at home. This can be a good question to talk about your family. If you're open and you're honest, it's a good thing, it's a good question to talk about uh, for husbands and wives, and for parents and kids, for friends. Where would you rate yourself? Then in verse 20, lastly, our mission is based on a promise. Our mission is based on a promise. Jesus promises his presence in everything we do to make disciples. Look at verse 20. Uh, after he, he says, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, full devotion to Christ. That's, that's Jesus' goal. Goal is, is full devotion to, for us to learn to obey everything he's commanded. And then the promise here. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus promised to be with his disciples until the end of the age, until he returns a second time uh, to restore all things. Jesus promises this very same thing to the church today. He will be with us. He will lead us. He will guide us. He will provide for us. He will answer our prayers. He will give us success in making uh, disciples. And what he wants from us is he wants our focus to be on his work, which is now our work. We are to make disciples for Jesus. We are to share the good news. We're to help the people. We're to help people to grow. And sharing the good news can take a lot of time to build a relationship and to build communication and to, to build understanding. And that's a lot of time to pray for God to open hearts. This is job number one for a Christ follower. It's not really an optional thing that like we do and we have time. It's our purpose for existence. It is our mission. And really everything else in life comes under this mission. It's what uh, we shape our lives around. It's what we raise our families to do. 
Also remember that Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. Look at Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. The writer says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. So this is one of the things I think we American Christians get easily confused about. You know, we would say, well, we don't really love money. Um, I'm not sure we're always free from the love of money. And I'm not sure we're always content uh, with what we have. It's so easy to get entangled with enjoying what we can get with money. Uh, A little bit of happiness, a little bit of comfort, uh, a little bit to help us feel good about ourselves. But we can be content because of Jesus and ultimately what God wants us to learn in this life is that ultimately he's the one who can bring ultimate happiness and comfort. And then we have this uh, promise in verse then he says I'll never leave you I'll never forsake you So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Um, The Lord is our helper. We have have been given a mission, and God is the one who will help us be successful. I don't need to have fear. I don't need to be afraid. Ultimately, I am in God's hands. Um, I don't have to have fear about making disciples. I can trust him. And I can trust him for anything else that he wants me to do. Lastly, Jesus wants us to work through Jesus wants to work through you and through me for his good purpose. Jesus wants to work through us to make disciples. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Philippian church in Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, and and he writes these words. He says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Fear and trembling with with all humility uh, before God. Continue to work out your salvation. Um, God is the one who has already done the work for your salvation. This is not about working for your salvation. It's about working out your salvation. Jesus has paid the price in full to purchase our salvation. And if you've placed your faith in Christ, your salvation has been given to you as a gift. If you've placed your faith in Christ, you've already received the gift uh, of salvation that God, God has given to you. And now we are to work it out. Work out our salvation. Uh, Let it come to display in your life. It's about walking with Christ and people seeing the difference, seeing uh, Christ's life on display as it comes out uh, through you. Let people see the work God is doing as you follow Christ. And if you're growing from that one to ten, you're not the same person that you used to be. So work out your salvation. Why? Verse 13, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. He has a purpose. And it is for his people to make 
disciples to bring honor to him. And God is at work in us. And he wants to, to give success in making disciples. Eugene Peterson uh, writes these words. He says, the gospel message says you don't live in a mechanistic world ruled by necessity. You don't live in a random world ruled by chance. You live in a world ruled by the God of Exodus and Easter, meaning our God is 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 a deliverer. Our God is a savior. He rescues people. And he will do things in you that neither you nor your friends would have supposed possible. Think about that. God can do things in you that you never thought possible. What does God want to do in you in the days and weeks ahead? When it comes to making disciples, when it comes to reaching out with the good news, when it comes to helping people grow to maturity from spiritual infancy to spiritual adulthood. Now, one of the ways that we do this, one of the ways we help people grow is we do this through large group gatherings. And now they're virtual gatherings. But we still have the opportunity through worship and through the Word of God. We also do this through our growth groups And this year, we've had to learn to do that on Zoom. Um, We can also do it one-to-one with a friend. We can do that on Zoom. We can can help people grow by periodically meeting with them. Um, But we still, God has not changed. We have the same mission. And and, uh, we adapt. That's what we've been doing all year. COVID has changed our world drastically. It's much harder to meet with people personally. We've all had to change our lives because of COVID. But our mission has not changed because God has not changed. It's much harder to do evangelism virtually. Um, We've had to learn to do virtual. You know, we're going to get through COVID and... um, How are we going to be intentional with God's mission? How does God want us to do and what does he want us to do in the coming days and the coming months? Is there someone in your life that doesn't know Christ yet that that you could be praying for right now, that God would open their hearts? Is there someone you can reach out to um, in the workplace or in the neighborhood or maybe at your school, uh, that you could strike up a conversation with, that you could, be, you could begin uh, talking perhaps about spiritual things or just finding out where people are and what they think is important. Uh, is there someone in your life that you could help grow as a Christ follower, that you could help mentor? And, and this doesn't have to be a, a formal relationship. The goal is just to help them to grow. You know, God has given us all one main job, and that's to help people connect with God and to develop them into um, fully devoted followers of Christ. We are involved individually, and we are involved as a team, 
as a church. In November 2010, a wedding party in Glen Ellig, Australia, was called into action right after the wedding ceremony. While they were posing for pictures in this very scenic view of the Bay Area, a woman not in the wedding party fell into the water and she began to struggle for her life. The best man, dressed in a tuxedo, jumped in after her right away and he swam out to her and brought her back safely to shore. The bride was a trained nurse, and immediately she administered CPR. By the time the surf life-saving volunteer arrived, the woman was conscious. Later, one safety official said the woman was very lucky that the bridal party was there and that they acted so quickly. When you think about it, we are the bridal party. We are the bride of Christ. We are the ones to get involved and to rescue people. Let's pray together. Gracious God, I'm thankful, thankful for the reminder of Jesus' words about our job making disciples for you. And God, we just place that before you and we acknowledge that. That's, that's why we are here. That's why you have left the church here to carry out your will. Father, help us to um, evaluate our lives. How can we move this forward together as a team, as a church? How can we be involved in evangelism together? How can we continue to be involved in helping people grow as Christ followers? May we be willing, each one of us, to make those assessments. May we be willing, each one of us, to pursue full devotion to Christ, to take steps that we might grow personally as we serve you, that we might be more effective in our mission to help people connect with God and develop them into fully devoted followers of Christ. For Jesus' sake, I pray. Amen.